What's going on? The Grave Consequences Podcast. This is your boy Shane Swerve Strickland, but secretly, some people might refer to me as Killshot from Lucha Underground. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm doing a nice little drop for you guys. Thank you guys for supporting the Swerve brand. And I hear that y'all doing a Lucha Underground review on the Social Suplex Network. Man, y'all might have just stumbled upon the best match in Lucha Underground history, in my opinion. You know, Killshot versus Dante Fox. We made history that night. And to this day, I don't think anybody has been able to top what we did in that match in any other promotion across the industry. That match still, still holds a great place in my heart. And, of course, Fox would definitely agree with me. So... Thank you guys for reviewing a wonderful, wonderful, amazing, one of the top five matches of my entire wrestling career. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is a drop. Shout out to Grave Consequences Podcast. Enjoy the show and be confident in everything you do. And thank you. Thank you for supporting whose house? Swerve's house. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast. Of course, my name, as always, is still Caleb Baldwin. Follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. Of course, that is I am Caleb, and then another B. Follow my friend, co-host, and producer Greg at X Maserati. Follow the show at GC underscore Cast. Check out every other great podcast here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, and rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts. Of course, five stars is always appreciated. We're here to review Season 3, Episode 17 of Lucha Underground. The working title of that episode is The Gauntlet. And for those of you wondering, what movie, Caleb, what movie are you reviewing on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast to coincide with the release of this episode? And the answer to that is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. We have not yet recorded that episode because it is still Wednesday, May 11. So we're about five days until we review that episode. But, you know, I look forward to it. Maybe some chi, you know, maybe have a little fun with that. I'm not uh, I'm not thinking I'm going to get anything great here. I'm not thinking of any like a Francis Ford Coppola or anything of that nature. But, Greg, you want to just get right into this episode, man? Might as well. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. So uh, the first thing we see here. And I hated to see this. We see that the uh, former ace of the show, Prince Puma, in the S&M dungeon with Vampiro and Prince Puma, unfortunately pledges his allegiance to his new maestro Vampiro. It's, you know, we know where this is going. I mean, we've already seen it before, but now Puma's being uh, initiated into the sex dungeon with, yeah. with um, fucking vamp. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know we're, we're I, I don't know about you, but I'm trying not to shit on this, but yeah, Puma was doing OK. He was actually doing great. What is yeah. what exactly does Vamp provide him? I mean, I think they should have just gone gone with the I thing think, like he was under mind control, like he couldn't help it instead of making it a choice because as a choice, it's stupid. I suppose you could say it's a life debt because Vampiro did technically bring him back to life. <laughs> yeah i think if they had said that more so because it's it's you don't really die <laughs> when you go into a coffin like uh oh, that's after losing man. i mean if they if they had bla- if they clearly stated that like yeah you die if you go in the coffin sure but i don't know everything vamp's character touches sucks 
pretty much that's the uh, story of Vampiro. Speaking of, uh, La Bamba plays in again. You know, even if it is the second week in a row, that's fine. Good little tune. Good little ditty. I wish they started with uh, they started with that song for every show. I love La Bamba. Especially the way they do it. They do it pretty good. And then they should just have Richie. They should reanimate Richie Valens and have him play him in. Oof. Too yeah. soon. What do you mean too soon? <laughs> Either way, first match of the night: Mil Muertes versus Jeremiah Crane. Um, great match. It was great. Uh, you know, Crane kind of held his own here. You know, like. I mean, Mil Muertes, of course, had the power over him, but, like, Jeremiah Crane pretty well did what he could, and he lasted long enough at Prince Puma coming back to life and attacking Mil Muertes allowed Jeremiah Crane the opportunity to roll up Mil Muertes and get the win here. So, big win for Jeremiah Crane, especially in his pursuit to try and clap Katrina's cheeks. I mean, they they had... They, they, he, he put up a good effort... But they did give Mill the the visual win where it was clear that Mill was going to win. Yeah. And then they don't do this as much as you know, to the point where it can get uh, you know, too much. But it was a distraction, you know, pin, which is fine if you do it sparingly. And you know, it was clear that Jeremiah would not have won without this. So it didn't bury Mill as much as you know some of the other stuff they've they've done has. Uh, so it didn't hurt him at all i think and it, it helps jeremiah because he's a new guy he didn't need to i think usually like i think uh kill shots were lost a lot of his first matches like for like a whole season so yes this is was mostly a jobber for the first season this was really good for both people this is one of those situations where lucha underground did a very good job of making of 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 enhancing both characters yeah, it's also beyond obvious that uh, Prince Puma and Mil Muertes still have unfinished business, even after grave consequences. Now, let me ask you this, because um, I, 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 you know, my my gimmick is I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. Um, I'm I'm the, the dude from Memento, uh, except for all my memory is shit, not just long term, short term, all of it. Yeah. Uh, what match can they? Because normally the idea, it's not set in. I want to be clear that our show, like we don't speak in black and white, like that nothing is concrete. Like there's exceptions to everything, obviously, but yeah. usually with a with a feud, you want to end with a big money match. Uh, what are they going to do besides grave consequences, which is like you know one of their main match types? It's it's basically their hell in a cell almost. Well, I would say I would go back to the first season actually, because you remember Phoenix and Mil Muertes had a grave consequences match. And then about a month later, they had a rematch that was a death match. So I would say you could do Prince Puma and Mil Muertes in a death match. I think that is the next logical step. What was the difference in the match type? Just no coffins? Uh, basically, yeah, no coffin. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even trying to shit on it. I'm like, okay, what's the difference between a death match and a... Because it's basically a hardcore match. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you can't... Uh, it's just the way you, you... It's just pinfall and submission. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I still think you should have ended but with Grave Con- I, will I, mean, say this, I will say this, though. Uh, death matches, they usually kind of up the up the ante in terms of terms of the bumps and the violence and everything. Like, you remember in the first death match, um, 
Phoenix goes through the uh, the roof of Dario Cueto's office, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. I mean, and they do. I, I just this is a, a nitpick of mine. Like, I'm not saying yes. concrete like they're bad for doing it, but I I, I think they could have. The feud should be over. Should have been over when uh, Mill because Mill needed that win. It didn't yeah. hurt Puma too much because Puma's been the ace this season. Like he is the ace this well, season. That's the thing. They're doing a rehab uh, stint on Prince Puma's character right now, and this is a necessary part of it. But is the rehab necessary? Because he's been fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of like the repackaging of Penta. I think they don't know when to do it. I mean, I guess if you, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to like uh, nitpick or argue, but I just Puma was I okay. Feel like they they uh, <laughs> through their season two booking, they they got uh, they got uh, Puma down to like a sixty percent of his potential. Now he's back up to seventy, but we need to get him to a hundred. All right, we'll have to see if he does get if he if he if he does get if he does surpass it, then it's fine. It's just you know he was pretty much uh, besides Matanza. I think he was the top guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And really, he needed his win against Ray is what he needed. Yes, and I'm saying that's where, like, when he was at his lowest was when he lost to Ray. Yes, you're right. Yes. Now, that being said, sexy star, she's in the back. She gets basically kind of confronted by Ricky Mandel. He's not being aggressive, but you do notice, one, he he's like, really like big up in Johnny Mundo for some reason. He's even wearing a headband like him. And uh, Ricky's like, hey, someone actually, you know, like someone gave you a gift. Maybe it's like a secret admirer. Who knows? Like, I, it's not mine, but who knows? And what did what did she get? And was it the spider again? It was a spider. Yes, sir. So... Oh. It's, he's definitely playing like a, a Marty the Moth type of personality mixed with like a Stan, like raising obsessed fan of Johnny Mundo. Uh, I, I didn't even think about the Stan aspect of it, but yes, for sure. For sure. I'm trying to relate to the younger audience because as you know, I'm I'm very uh, with it, with the lingo and, and all the yeah. acronyms that we use now. You know, I was with it and then uh, they changed what it was and I didn't get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Very good Simpsons reference. Old yes, man. dude, the kids love The Simpsons. Is it still going? Is it like been forty years? I I think it is still going, and yeah, they're coming up on like thirty five years now, which is absurd. Yeah. Either way, uh, let's go to a show that didn't last thirty five years. Let's go back to Lucha Underground. Uh, Famous B tries to recruit Tejano, and Tejano's like, "I'm gonna kick your ass, dude." Yeah, his whole thing was like, you don't have a winning problem, you don't have a wrestling problem, you have an image problem, which, you know, honestly, is kind of a shoot. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's, he's, Tejano is awesome. He's certified good. Back to Chaps in the cowboy hat. Yep. He could have, he should tag with uh, Hangman Page. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would agree. But hey, that's that's kind of hyping us up for our main event of the evening match four of Tejano versus Cage, and the ultimate opportunity for uh the, 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 the ultimate opportunity series, whatever the hell it's called. No, Who, cares? Right. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> okay, uh, our next match we've got Jack Evans and PJ Black versus the Rippers. That's right, 
Angelico and Son of Havoc. Let's pour one out. This is Angelico's last match in Lucha Underground. Oh, really? Yes, he will never come back again. Was that a stipulation, or is it just something that happens? He got injured, and he never came back again. Jesus. Yeah. There was... That I, I, you know, do you think they wanted to keep the the Rippers together, and they just because Evilise kept getting injured, and 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 Helico got injured at different times, they just Matt Cross got kind of like lost in the shuffle. So that's what I it seems will, like. So after we record this episode, I will tell you what I was told was going to be the finish of season three here. Okay, I'll tell you that off the air, and and Helico getting injured again certainly kind of put a stifle on that for sure that sucks yes yes it does and that's the danger of being in a tag team is if your partner gets hurt like dante martin with his brother his brother got into a car accident yeah he just came back it's i mean it's really shitty for him well it's like the revival in wwe like 2017 uh, they come up to the main roster this is when new day was still at their peak by the way they debut they beat up new day they take Kofi Kingston out of commission. They beat New Day next week. So they're 1-0. They've already taken out one of the guys. And then a week later, uh, I think it was Cash, gets hurt. And then they're both off TV because WWE, at the time, didn't put, you know, single, like, tag team wrestlers on as singles guys. Like, if your partner was hurt, you just kind of, you weren't on TV. Mm -hmm. But, no, I mean, Matt Cross definitely... Like, he could use more screen time. He's definitely earned it. I mean... They all yeah. have. I mean, even uh, though I'm really... I'm super critical of Ivelisse, but they all did well in New Lucha Underground. Like, my... Yeah. I'm, I'm basically picking on her. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sorry, nothing really to note in this match beyond that injury. Uh, it looked like it got cut short in Worldwide Underground, got the win. That may have been an audible. I would assume it was, because... Look, I don't want to be too presumptuous here, but like we're about halfway through the season, and and Helico and Johnny Mundo to this point have not touched each other, like outside, like since the restraining order. No, this was this this whole uh, feud was very foggy in my memory. Like I don't, I didn't know, I didn't remember where they're going with it. And Helico so, kind of is like off and on this whole. I season. have a theory. Sure. And I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I have to get this out there. Mm. I have a theory that they were going to do Johnny Mundo versus Angelico at Ultima Lucha for the title. I can believe it. I mean, it would have been good. Like, you know, they did that. The the What was the tournament we just covered? The Battle of the Bulls. <laughs> How could you forget? <laughs> they had that they had that four way. And uh, they're out for Angelico not winning was Worldwide Underground pinning each other. So, like, they even protected him in that regard. So, it's like, and, you, you know, they've made it pretty clear, like, Angelico hasn't forgotten about him. No. It's it's but, a big feat. It's him versus the whole Worldwide un- I mean, I would imagine that they would have had um, a match of Sexy, Angelico, uh, the Mac. And mm-hmm. who would be like one of the fourth persons against them? They would need a fourth person, but I, I'd imagine there would have been some not faction warfare, but they would they would have like a faction match, uh, like four on four. Uh, Evilise, Puma, um, Son of Havoc, any of them? 
I don't know if Son of Havoc was directly feuding with them that much, but the others, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, Worldwide Underground got the win. It looked like the match got cut short, and maybe they had to audible the finish there. But, yeah, Angelico is clearly hurt, and uh, he's not coming back, at least not to my memory. Do you know what the injury was? Because I, I, this match did start off really, really hot, and it, then it did kind of simmer and, and end abruptly. I don't even remember I, the finish. I am so sorry. I just can't remember. Yeah, that's fine. But, yeah, the Worldwide Underground gets the win. After that, we see Dario looking at something, and Sexy Star rushes into his office. Dario says, one week as champion, and you don't even knock anymore? He's uh, he's getting tired of people just barging in, which they all yeah. tend to do. I would be, too, especially when you're doing the kind of stuff he's doing. Uh, Sexy wants Mariposa. Dario says, no moss. And he says, no, I just want to kick her ass. Yeah, you kind of feel it's she's a heel, but you kind of feel sorry for Mary Posa a little bit. At least I did, because she didn't, as far as you know, she didn't do anything. She's her whole gimmick isn't, you know, the audience is usually smarter than the wrestlers. It's just, yeah, it's funnier that way. They they do it on purpose because it's funny, but like she's not tied to spiders. She's tied to moths and butterflies because they always mix up butterflies and moths. But although, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't blame Sexy Star for blaming Mariposa. I mean, Mariposa did kidnap her. Yes, that's true. So, <laughs> I suppose it makes sense. Our main event tonight, Tejano versus Cage. This is really short, and it ends after Cage runs into a turnbuckle, eats a sit-out powerbomb from Tejano, and Tejano gets the win. This yeah, like, like four, four minutes. It was kind of a... Kind of a steal. He got yeah. like a flash win on uh, or a high speed win against uh, Cage. I mean, they're 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 basically building Tejano to be a threat after losing. So, yes, it's a very interesting feud. Uh, the way so, they do it, they do it well. I think they do. I would agree. I would agree. Tejano wins. He's got all the momentum. Cage is busted open. He's like bleeding, uh, just like Jr. would say, bleeding like a stuck pig. And series is tied. Can't wait till match five. Then I don't have to wait long. Dario Cueto comes out of his office right after. And he announces match five is going to happen right now. We go to commercial. We come back. Dario Cueto says, oh, by the way, anything goes. This was this whole feud was interesting because it starts off with with Cage being the clear favorite. He went. Yeah. He, so he's, he's such a favorite that he wins the first two relatively easily. Then yes. Tejano steals the sec- the third one. Then he flash p- beats, like flash pins uh, uh, Cage to make him the, the, you know, like, oh, he's a he's a credible challenger. And now he's clearly the, he went from the underdog. Now Cage is, because Cage has been busted open. He just lost the match. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting flip that they do between the two characters in a, in in the amount of ma- like not in a relatively short amount of time because it's been weeks where they didn't wrestle, but yeah. feud wise, like it's it's flipped very quickly. Like I think you could take this as someone that's not in the industry, someone who's not a booker, someone that's you know that's what people would say for anyone that critic that you know is a critic about like you don't know what you're talking about. But I think you could put some some value in like hey, this is how you change roles for a wrestler effectively. Mm-hmm. How you, how you switch the dynamics. I think they did an incredible yeah. job. Yeah. 
Cage is, like I said, bleeding like a stuck pig. I mean, he's lost all momentum. Now he has to win this match. He doesn't have any th- any room for uh, margin for error. Like, it's just gonna, man. Like, Cage is it's gut check time. And hopefully this isn't an Atlanta Braves 2020 and LCS situation. Like you had the lead and blew it, but like, we'll see, man, this match. Uh, I wrote down first two words, absolute physicality. Cage got his ass kicked forever. This was a, this was a fight. This was a brawl. I mean, this is more of a, more of a good thing for both yes. guys. Like, I mean, by the end of this feud, they both, they both were enhanced, like not just Tejano, but like, Cage, you know, this it's just like I know I say this a lot, but this is the one thing that Lucha, like as critical as we are of some of the dumb shit they do, they do a really good job of building people up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh man, if you wanted proof that Cage was a machine, go through every, see him go through everything he went through, and then he still hits Weapon X, aka the Drill Claw. And he gets the win. It's funny because uh, you say that you know, if there's any question if he's a man or a machine, because there was one uh, striker commentary where he was uh, oh, saying, man. yeah, he, he said, well, if there was any question as whether he was a man or a machine, that's clearly blood, not oil. You know. Wow. Thanks, Dad. Yep. <laughs> Cage gets the win and he has the ultimate opportunity. Dario Cueto comes out. He says, like, you know what? Like, this, that, that I'm not, no, the believers can't see this. Great they heat, can't. too, because everyone's every, everyone's invested in what the opportunity is. So you know that live crowd was like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. They probably did this over the span of, like, three different tapings as well. So, like, it's like, oh, what's this Cage and Tejano thing going to be? I'm very excited. Yeah. You... You would imagine that this this was gonna because you know what he didn't really need to show the live audience, no. Just just the just the people viewing from home. So this was kind of uh, this was good heat, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Dario Cueto urges Cage into his office, and uh, like I said, he said the believers don't deserve to see it. And Cage gets a look at it. It's a gauntlet. As the, as the episode title suggests. And Cage says, I'm not really a Ren Fair guy. <laughs> it was funny the first time I saw this. I was like, what? <laughs> and Cage had the same response, like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dario's like, you know what? You don't, you don't want it. At least try it on. Cage tries it on, and he feels power flow through him. And we see it flow through him. Because this does deal in the supernatural as well. Yeah, I think we get like like Highlander type electricity, like red electricity flowing through him or something. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see him wear it in the ring. Yeah, I think he uses it a few <laughs> times too. I would hope so. Otherwise, what's the point? It's basically like an elevated uh, power of the punch by Regal, except for instead of brass knucks, it's a whole fucking <laughs> fist of iron. <laughs> That's fun. I'm I'm down with it. That's cool. Me too. I love the Looney Tunes shit. Let's do it. But hey, Brian Cage getting this, this is like the last thing Cage needed. Yeah, it, it, they start, They I don't know if they did it yet, but they'll start explaining why they did this whole tournament and why the two people were picked. And 
Yeah. You know, it, they they start dealing more in the supernatural, which is interesting. It it turns into very uh, horrorcore type of content, and you could see how this would be. This could have been marketed more towards, and I'm not even making a joke towards you know people that are juggalos or people that like those kind of themes uh, and that kind of, kind of music. Like this gets very supernatural, and some wild shit starts happening. It's you know, it's entertaining. I'll say that. Like me and you joke a lot about in uh, in the group chat. Like, uh, why don't they just fucking kill this character off? Yeah, <laughs> and there's a reason for that, and that's called Lucha Underground season three and. It, uh second part in uh season four <laughs> yeah for sure for sure no <laughs> oh man i guess before we get out of here we need to grade this episode and i'm gonna be gracious here i'm gonna say the main event saved the show i'm giving this a c plus oh you're only giving it a c plus yes what was the first match again Jeremiah Crane and Mil Muertes, a match so memorable. All I wrote down was the interference at the end of the match. Well, you see, that Jeremiah's style of wrestling in Lucha Underground is some of my favorite type. Just hard-hitting, like, pump kicks and, you know, strikes. Uh, I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, folks, with that... <laughs> we're going to get out of here. We thank you for listening. And we just want to reiterate that, uh, hey, if you see a big guy the size of Brian Cage wearing a metal gauntlet and he comes near you, you might just suffer grave consequences. <laughs>